Welcome to The Uncertainties, the podcast for 20-somethings who don't quite have their shit together yet. I'm your host, Karis, and I started this podcast because the last few years have been a huge learning curve for me. Entering the world of work, moving out of my family home, trying and often failing to live up to the challenges of being a fully-fledged adult. It can be overwhelming at the best of times, and I know that I'm not the only person who feels like this because I'm going to be speaking to a bunch of my friends and people that I admire about the struggles that they have faced and how they are able to absolutely smash life. We are back for season two of The Uncertainties, and it's really exciting this season because we are shaking things up a little bit. Firstly, I'm going to be joined by two exciting new co-hosts, Ellie and Tanya. And we're bringing you a bi-weekly discussion about life, love, work, and all things pop culture. So exciting! Ellie, how does it feel being a permanent host of the pod? You were basically that already, but permanent honestly it's a real big day i'm feeling very excited i only want to apologize for my well i guess listeners who aren't seeing it will not see these but uh my very puffy eyes this morning (laughs) you've committed this is the commitment to the pod we have i know 9 30 a.m on a saturday on a saturday can you believe it when you suggested the time my heart did sink a little bit i was like oh oh, there goes the lion um how are you finding lockdown number three dare i even ask ain't that a question um absolutely horrendous is that yeah is that clear enough like honestly (laughs) it this has been really tough it is the actual worst and I was thinking about this the other day like lockdown one like you know it honestly seems like a different world ago it was like there was Mm. so everyone was like it was so novel and everyone was just like oh my god we're doing this crazy thing we're not going into the office everyone clapping for the NHS every Thursday like no it was a it's horrible to say, it. but there was a little bit of a novelty to it, wasn't there? For sure. And it, I think yeah. it's definitely okay to say that. It was like, yeah, it, it was It was sort of, there was like, a, oh, we're all doing this now because then, you know, it's going to be over by summer and we're going to be like, and this time, third lockdown in and it's dark. And, it's so dark. And I think, I mean, I think that it's, totally fair for everyone to be really really struggling and you know the the impact that I'm sure this has had on so many people's mental health and definitely mine um you know it's to be expected and and yeah it's just so hard it's It's so so, no because it's strange because in a way you're like I've done this twice now I kind of should be used to it But it's, I do feel like this is so different. I mean, obviously, yeah, the first lockdown, the weather was, was decent enough that we could really get ourselves out of the house and also kind of before and after work as well, because the days were so long, Mm. whereas now it's pitch black at four. (laughs) It's horrible. Like I, I don't really, and I mean, I don't know if you have this as well, but I don't really feel that comfortable as a woman going on runs in the pitch black after work so I've after had- I have to wake up really early which again is quite difficult because it's it's a bit dark and as I said I'm exhausted yeah. <laughs> time. or at lunch or like yeah so then it's like I'm not getting myself out of the house yeah. I'm not exercising 
I'm lethargic. I completely agree. I am. And, you know, the feelings of like loneliness and isolation. Loneliness is such an uncomfortable feeling to sit with. Yeah. So un- it's so uncomfortable. Um, and it's something that so many people are dealing with at the moment. And it's not even about like you might live with people and you might have, you know, lovely people around you and you might be going for walks. But it- it's that real lack of of like social interaction mm. and of, of sort of meaningful, meaningful interactions with people. What <clears throat> what TV programs have you been loving in January 2021? OK, I've got a couple. Well, lo- okay, some I've been watching and some I've been loving. Okay. So wait, sorry, how can you be loving something without watching it? No, no, no. Sorry. As in, so something I've been watching but wouldn't say that I've loved okay, is yeah. Bridgerton Ovs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just had to get on board with it because every mother effing person was watching it. Yeah. yeah. I watched okay, the first was- episode. <laughs> you watched what? I watched the first episode and I think it was the bit where like Daphne walks into the hall and I'm pretty sure that Thank You Next is <laughs> on, on a string quartet. And I was like, can I get on board with this? I don't know. I persisted, See, Ellie, I persisted. I'm pretty sure at one point it's like Billie Eilish bad guy. So I was like, nah, 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 nah. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Okay, see, it's interesting you say that because... One of the things that I liked about Bridgerton immediately was like these fucking like, you know, yes, string quartet versions of like pop songs. That's something I get on board with. Really? I mean, it's just so funny. Fair enough to them. I can see what they're trying to do. Also, because everyone was saying that it's like super, super racy. And I watched the first few episodes and I was like, there's a little bit of... You've got to wait until like episode nine before... And then the Wildest Dreams episode came and I was like, what? That montage. Holy hell. What a montage. What a montage. Yeah. Also, I've got to say that song has such sentimental value for me. Um, I love that song. I don't like Taylor Swift, but I love that song. Yeah, it it is. And oh, yeah, that, that montage did bits. Wow. I mean, as someone who hasn't seen her boyfriend in a while, seeing that much of the Duke's heirs, wow. That's all I have to say. But the one thing that I have been struggling a bit with Bridgerton yeah. is, is I, I find the script just... Mm. I just think it's really not very well The written. writing is so bad. And it's, it's so just so, bad. like... It's really hard to empathise and, and engage with a character when it's not believable, but that's not yeah. down to the acting. It's down to, I think it's down to yeah, the script. Yeah, yeah, it's really difficult when the writing is not good. No, I totally agree. Yeah, and also another thing that I find really funny um, is the girl that plays Eloise <laughs> is meant to be like 16. And I just can't get over the fact that she's so clearly in her 30s. And you're like, yeah, how have you actually Googled her? it? Do you know how old she is? I think she's 31. And she's but meant how, to be 15. She's meant she's meant to be younger than Daphne. And Daphne's like 18, 18 I think. Okay. 19. But like but her voice. Eloise is, have a lovely voice though. Yeah. But her voice, you can tell that she's a proper adult because her voice is so low and like husky. They just basically think that by putting her in like some yeah. fluffy pink dress <laughs> with a bow around her neck, that she, she's obviously 15. What is going on? She's like a full adult. It's so weird. So that I found really hard to get over. And then, yeah, I mean, 
Holly went into a like the deepest obsession with the Duke that I've maybe ever seen in my life. She was like obsessed with him. See, um, the thing, I, I am, believe you me, I am the first person to become obsessed with a, you know, like a leading <laughs> male character. You know, I've been there. I mean, some quite strange ones. I honestly thought I was in love with Rupert Grint. Oh my or, God, you were? <laughs> yeah, God, I used to have genuine dreams about like, about like us being at a party together and us seeing each other across a room and like genuinely it used to get me into a deep depression. That oh my God, Ellie, I was the same with Taylor Lautner. For God's sake, I had a cardboard <laughs> cutout of the boy. I was going to take him to prom. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the depth of my obsession. And now I look at him and I'm like, I could not be less attracted to you. Like, where did that come from? Obsessed. Yeah, but it, I mean, don't you think it's also reflected in like the kind of people that you, our tastes change so <laughs> much. That's why I have so much respect for those people who are still in relationships with the people that they were with you know, when they were 16 and like, yeah. you know, nine, 10 years later, they were the same person because I think as human beings, what we look for and what we find attractive just changes. Just changes so much. Yeah. Um, and then the second uh, series that we've just finished is A Teacher. Oh my God. On BBC. I loved it. It's so good. It so is. many things about it are so good as well. It The episodes are so short. They're like 20 to 30 minutes. So See, you can... That's- that's actually something that I really struggled with. I really? An episode, I mean, I felt they were so short that the first day that Trixie and I started watching the series, we watched six episodes. Oh God, yeah, same, 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 same. But I like oh, that, that I was like, oh, I was like, oh God, I binged it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so easy to get through. You're like, oh, two hours and I've watched five episodes. Um, See, I, I don't, I'm not, I actually don't like binging things. I like knowing that like there's something that can, you know, Trixie and I, for example, we smashed it. We watched this series called Caliphate on Netflix, which is amazing. It's Swedish. Um, and it's about like uh, Swedish people who are like radicalized and, and go off to Syria. Um, and we just smashed it because we basically decided we would watch one episode an evening. And it, it, we got into such a nice little routine with it. Unless a couple of times we went for double F, double F. And every time we knew we were doing double F, double F. Double F. Okay, here you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I would no, we're I'm definitely in a house of bingers. We love to binge. Apart are from the serpent. Out? Are you not running out of stuff to watch? Um, yeah. You know what? You're right, Ellie. We are. <laughs> so that's why Married at First Sight came at the perfect time. And also you can go back to number one. You know what I mean? Like true other series. There's like, a lot to get through. There are so many, but I've got to say, after watching series three, I think before this series blows it out the water. The only thing that I will say about Married at First this se- uh, this season, sorry, is I do think it's this season's got a little bit too fake. So for me, you've not seen season five, but this storyline is a season five storyline. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so for me, I'm like, I think the producers saw how explosive season five was and they've like seen an inch and taken a mask. They've been like, oh, we, if we, if we push them into the situation, it could happen. It feels a little bit, a bit more fabricated to me this season. I mean, still loving it. We'll still I mean, watch it also, to the end. Let's but... be honest. I mean, the 
whole concept of the experts. Oh my like, god, my I love favorite the thing is when they show them wearing white lab coats, They're sitting in a-, in a lab. Like, oh my god, why? Why? There's actually yeah, her like laughing. And they're just looking at photos. <laughs> and they were swiping on like yeah. Tinder when they go. Mm, now, right, this... Oh, no, wait, I went American, right? I'm going to try to do my best. I'm going to go, like, totally Australian. Uh, so when I think about Bryony, she's insecure. <laughs> and Brad, he's confident. I think they'd be a good match. Like, <laughs> honestly, they just pick two people who have slightly different traits. Yeah. And, think, and that's the experts making Yeah, yeah. The one that they've really gone for this series, I've noticed, is, like... You know what? Innes just has really strong family values. It's like <laughs> everyone has family values. What Literally, are you talking everyone about? Except, well, not everyone, but <laughs> like I would say 90% of the world has family values. So it's like, I just really think that, you know, they're really gonna connect because of their family values. It's like also, what? The um the, the notion that they decided to put a virgin. Oh, someone bordering on nymphomania is literally beyond me. Beyond. Ridiculous. Oh my god! I also like, do. They love- ask that question. They talk about how they they conduct this research, you know, and it's like rigorous. Like, yeah, you'd think that they would ask, you know, what their sexual history is like. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Also, I love how judgmental the um the narrator is, but it's like twenty nine year old virgin Matt. It's like <laughs> fucking hell. They love it. Can you and they make him down the judgment, please. And oh, it's so funny. They make him say it all the time, like. When he was saying, um, he obviously just wanted to say, oh, yeah, it was definitely worth the wait. But they clearly made him say it was definitely worth the 29-year wait. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> just really want to emphasize the point that you he are. He's been a virgin for 29 years. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's too much. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. I can't really say a bad word against it because it's just yeah. such good value for TV. Um, but sorry, really, back to a teacher, because oh, I yeah. did love that. So this is on BBC. It's an FX series, I believe. And it's got Kate Mara and Nick Robinson in it. I have been Nick obsessed- Robinson, literally for me, he... If I had to pick someone that I would think that you would be in love with, that's him. Babes, you fucking nailed it. I have been obsessed with this boy. I mean, sorry, man, he's the same age as me. For, I'm going to say about four years. <laughs> I watched him in a show, not a show, sorry. I watched Melissa him in, Joey. huh? Did you ever watch him in that? He was in this really bad sitcom called like, Melissa and Joey that used to play on E4. No. I know exactly what you're talking about. I didn't watch that actually, but it's I watched him in a movie called Everything Everything. It's a terrible, terrible movie. I watched it on a plane. I don't know why I did it. Do you know what? I saw that movie on a plane as well. Yeah, it was classic, a classic, classic, plane, classic plane movie. And for some reason, I don't know, you know, there's just something about your emotions when you're that high up in the air that stuff really gets to you. So I watched this and I was like, Nick. You are the light and soul of my life. And I just became obsessed with him ever since that point. So when I saw that he was in this, I was like, Lord have mercy upon my soul. This is going to come back. Like all these feelings are going to come back. So yeah, but what I will say about it is I think you can really tell when actors um, really workshop their characters before they start a series. And I really feel like with with both him and Kate Mara, they were so intricate about thinking about their characters the entire time. Like they all had these like little nuances. They had these little 
um, character traits. Like she, she was always like touching her hair. Me and Holly have spoken quite a lot about this. They had all these really um, subtle parts of their characters, but and I love that when you can really tell that like an actor is put in the work to make their character really, really complex. You know, yeah. so and I really appreciated that. As as a as a viewer, you're complete. You know. The, they're so believable. They're so authentic, the characters. Mm. You're completely engaged with them. You know, they're so believable. Um, and yeah, although I didn't necessarily make the same eloquent point about understanding their process of workshopping before, <laughs> I mean, I just, I was just completely absorbed by them. Yeah. We should probably say what the show is about for people who don't know. So essentially, um, the show is about Kate Mara, who moves to a new school. I can't remember the name of the school, unfortunately. She moves to a new school um, to become a teacher. And she begins to have um, a relationship with a student played by Nick Robinson, who's in his senior year. So he's about, he's applying for college and she offers to tutor him. And then the relationship evolves and um, becomes very messy and complicated. And they start engaging in an actual like sexual relationship. So, and it's really interesting, actually, I've watched the trailer for this and they've done it in a really interesting way where they've, the first half of the trailer you'd have no idea. So it's just, it just looks as though it's a relationship of these two people where they're super in love. And then halfway through the trailer, you see them in, in a classroom together and she's like, good job, Nick. And it completely flips your perception. And I found that really, really interesting. And then you realize that this is like so wild. But um, I think the thing that's really interesting is the fact that they've, they've decided to go for a role reversal. So instead of it being a male teacher and a young female student, which is probably what we're used to seeing or hearing about, they've gone for a female teacher and a young male student. And I think that that's really clever because I don't know about you, but I definitely had to confront a lot of like internalized misogyny that I had because I, it took me a while to kind of condemn the relationship do you know oh what i mean God. and i thought it makes you feel was... really uncomfortable with yourself it took me a really long time to be like oh this is this is really really wrong i found myself genuinely rooting for their relationship yeah yeah you do in the first like five episodes don't you yeah. and then you're like questioning think, your own morals i also think that that just shows the power of um of like of of actual of film and of story and storytelling yeah and, and though and yeah and and how um, you know, it kind of reminded me of how you, the programme, the Netflix programme with Penn Badgley, how, you know, there was all this stuff in the media about women uh, sort of um, being attracted to the to the main character, this character who is obsessive and, well, he's a psychopath. A psychopath. <laughs> um, and how actually they were sort of romanticising it. Yeah. And, and that just shows the power because we see sort of what we want to see. And actually, like you said, with that story, we see in some ways, like a, a love story. Yeah, completely. Begin to really invest in. I think in a way you're actually seeing it from Nick's perspective because yeah, yeah, he sure. the entire time believes that this is actually love. And it's not until he has some retrospect to understand how deeply manipulated he was as a, as a young boy, really. Um, but yeah, it is really interesting because 
as I said, if it had been a male teacher and a young female student, I immediately would have condemned it. And I find it really interesting that because it was a role reversal, something about it felt it felt less predatory when it it obviously obviously was. Um, and as you say, yeah, you're like rooting for them for the first bit. You're like, oh yeah, of course they're actually in love, and he's about to have his 18th birthday, and this is this could be fine maybe. Yeah, and, and I was I, saying things like the thing is like. You know, if 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 he was um, twenty and she was, you know, thirty-two or thirty-three, that would be fine. But you know, but but then what you're completely forgetting is the fact that she is in a position of power. Power, exactly. That power. Exactly, exactly. It's so interesting. Um, yeah, and also they they do that with the show itself. So it, the show is 10 episodes, isn't it? And the first five are very much constructing this love story. And then they completely flip that in the second half of the show. And it takes a, like a very kind of unexpected turn, I thought. Um, I mean, yeah, and it's it's really interesting on the other side of that. What What are the repercussions of someone who has made like done that offense um like how is that how does that play out for the rest of your life um like it it completely alters the rest of her life doesn't it and the way that she's able to like interact with the world because obviously you're you're on you're on the register that you're that's you're fucked (laughs) for lack of a better word you fucked basically even worse he was fucked yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I do. I I think she is completely my my feelings of it are that she the only way that she was able to move forward with her life and forgive herself is to not fully acknowledge everything that she had done. And you get yeah. there is a re- I, we, I won't spoil it for people who haven't watched it, but there is a really poignant ending scene that is just like like mic drop jaw on the floor where you're just like wow and it makes you like really think about yeah the journey that both of those characters have been on but yeah I think she is quite quite deluded and that's kind of the only way that she's been able to to stay alive basically and continue living bordering on just denial isn't it really yeah it's pure denial it's interesting to hear you talk about it as well because I thought maybe you'd have a different um a different opinion being a teacher see it's funny a, pe- a few people have said this to me and I've literally just immediately been like I'm a primary school teacher <laughs> like, yeah it is I know a completely different ball game yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so yeah I, I don't think it I, I don't in any way because because I, I don't interact with with people anywhere near my age it, unless it's a member of staff um so it, it feels it feels so so distant. completely removed yeah yeah, yeah. fair thinking about it I one thing it did make me realize and and maybe something I could sort of take as a teacher um was that like you do have teachers um in you know people in education TAs support staff you do have such an influence over your students you know I'm sure you can remember being a student like I can still remember certain things that my teachers didn't said you know and and you really hold it, it it's almost um on the same not quite maybe, but it's in the same area as like a parent, you know, just some, a trusted adult that you look up to who is sort of there to keep you safe, there to support mm. you. And that is when, that's why a betrayal of trust, like like her starting a relationship with one of her students, it's such an abuse of power. 
because if you're not starting on the same level, it, there's ne- it's it's never going to be the same. It's yeah. When you look at when you look back on their relationship, you're like, there are so many so many decisions that I think he would have made differently. Does that make sense? If it had been, you know, uh, a fellow student, yeah, yeah, but that he felt almost kind of manipulated and bullied into because she had that power over him. And she, yeah. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. We should also talk about what's going on in the news right now. Cause it has been a big week. We are recording this on God even knows what day it is today. 23rd of Jan. Yes, it is. 22nd? 23rd. 23rd. And a couple of days ago, it was, in fact, Biden's inauguration. I thought the day was never going to come, truly. But it happened, and it was glorious and momentous. Okay. Were you able to watch the whole thing? Uh, no, bits and pieces, but... I really, because you were with the kids. Yeah. Did you, did you watch the whole thing? I did, I started I didn't watch the whole thing actually that's a lie I started with of course Miss Gaga Lady Gaga um, doing her epic song so fabulous I love the entrances when they like come out I watched her and then I think I finished watching it after. Um, after the Reverend, I think. So I watched everyone get sworn in. I watched all the performances. And then, yeah, I think the Reverend did the kind of final um, church prayer thing. And then I, then I think I stopped, which is annoying because actually I didn't realize that Holly came down and was like, oh, you've just missed all of the former presidents doing their, they do like a mm-hmm. march, which I missed, sadly. Um, but yeah, I mean, what did you think of the performances, number one? Yeah, amazing. And Lady, like, you're right, Lady Gaga. Now I can't stop saying Lady <laughs> Gaga. Um, I mean, she is just, oh, it's such a... emotional. She really yeah. knew how to bring that emotion. I was like, whoa, tearing. I mean, the, I was tearing up pretty much the entire time. Do you know what I noticed um, that I did? I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all, but so many of the news articles after I had, um, when I was, you know, just like looking on BBC News and stuff, I was flooded, and this, I don't know what this says about my algorithms, but I was flooded by articles like behind um, Michelle Obama, um, yeah, behind Michelle Obama's hair look, the stylist behind Jill Biden's, and I was like- The style, yeah. But like the fact that that was what was flooding my newsfeed, I was like, oh my God, I need to really check what the other stuff that I'm looking, like looking No, mine was a lot of that as well. I think, I mean, to be fair, Michelle, killed it that outfit iconic when her and Barack came in I was like oh they are just so slick and amazing that whole outfit was just so great and Kamala's outfit to be fair all of them had amazing outfits of course we cannot talk about the inauguration without talking about Amanda Gorman who is the nation's first ever youth poet laureate who read out the sickest poem it was amazing and also she's just gorgeous and looked amazing as well. How, how old is she? She's 22. God, imagine, I'm imagine really having that on your CV at 22. <laughs> and it really, it is like, you just look at that at 22 and you just think, wow. Yeah. Yeah, she is amazing. She's incredible. Um, a lot of people have found quite a lot of similarities as well between her poem, which is called The Hill We Climb um, and 
Hamilton. I think there was quite a, there was a lot of duality with the lyrics, but I think a lot of the lyrics are from the Constitution and and. Um, I wonder has she commented on that? Has has she made? I think she has. I've now she's in the last few days since the inauguration. I think she's gone from having maybe eight hundred thousand followers to like well over two million. I bet. So I mean, she's she's ultra celebrity status right now. Um, but I just wanted to highlight a few of the lyrics because lyrics, sorry. Yeah. Can you call them lyrics? No, cause it's not a song, but what? some of the words, cause they, I mean, it's just so powerful. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. Like, woo! I actually got goosebumps. I mean, God, this girl is incredible. I mean, she's obviously going to go on to do even more amazing things, but... What a poem. I also did think that Biden's um, speech was actually because, you know, he I think he's aware of the fact that him becoming president is the first the first step of a very long journey. And I think a lot of people were like, obviously, it's a massive weight off our shoulders for Trump to be gone. But there is so much work to do that he needs to kind of pull up for for change. And I think he really addressed that, which I really enjoyed. It wasn't kind of like everything's hunky dory now that I'm president it was very much like there's oh God, so I'm, much to do you think about all the undoing that needs to be done yeah you know it, it's but he about- did sign like 19 things I think in his first day of office so you're yeah. like yes and you know having um the most diverse cabinet ever and also just seeing Kamala get sworn in genuinely, genuinely made me really emotional. It was just like so monumentous. It was amazing. I actually, I didn't expect myself to get as emotional as I did, but it was, it actually was such a, such a moment. God, and um, don't you think it's just something, it's like a good bit of news that the world needs at the moment. Oh my God, completely. Like a one little glimmer of like life. And- yeah, because after the Capitol Hill stuff, I genuinely was terrified that, the inauguration wasn't going to go ahead or that something really bad was going to happen. Um, so the fact that it was all fine, I was just like, oh. um, talking of firsts, as you just mentioned, um, I had my first smear test. Okay. Actually. Yeah. And, um, I can categorically say it, I hope it was unlike any smear test that anyone else has ever experienced before. It oh was God. honestly, I, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm so excited about sharing this story oh because it was the most ridiculous experience of my entire life. Really? Um, also, that's quite late, Ellie. You're supposed to have it on your 25th birthday. Yes, I know, but that was, that was amid <laughs> that's tough. coronavirus pandemic. Okay, so. No, but they prioritise smears. I literally what? pulled up and a week later, I got my smear test. Really? Yeah. Maybe you're just in a bad catchment area. I don't know. Maybe. Well, anyway, I had it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yes, about six months late, but still had it. Um, so I arrive at the, um, oh, it was honestly one of those, one of those moments where they just kept on like, Different layers kept on building, and I was just like, honestly, what, what is going on? Oh my god, I'm so wait, what happened? How so, so, first, so it was a completely new surgery um, that I that I've joined recently as of moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in, and they were kind of doing like a combination um, session where it was like a 
taking all my like my details and everything like that and also getting my smear test done so I arrive oh sorry can you still hear me yeah 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 so um I arrive and they're like great we need we need to take some like some details from you etc cetera, etc cetera. and I was like yeah it's fine we need to take your weight everything like that um so got that all done and went back to the the uh receptionist and she was like oh um so what what um what underlying health conditions do you have and I was like uh like none as far as I'm aware she's like oh it's just on the system here it says that you must be suffering from either um diabetes HIV or and then started listing these off and I was like I don't I don't think I (laughs) suffer from any of those things she said Oh, anyway, to cut a long story short, she had accidentally, um, when taking my weight, rather than um, putting like, actually, I don't even know what the kilograms are, rather than putting like 160 kilograms, she had accidentally put the decimal place in the wrong point and written that I was like 16,000 kilograms. So anyway, <laughs> straight away, I was I was already a bit like, I just basically- You're like, have I been told that I've got diabetes? Like, Honestly, for a five on? minute period, I thought, is this their way that they're like diagnosing me with some dreadful like underlying health condition? Anyway, so I was already already stressful, like, on the back stressful. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. And then eventually, um, I get called in, and the the lady who's um, you know, obviously all wearing masks and stuff, and the yeah. lady starts like taking some of my details, and all of a sudden, um, her phone rings, and she says, "Oh, I'm I'm really sorry. Um, I'm like I'm I'm gonna have to take this." And I was like, "Oh no, that's fine. You know, I get it." you know, as a teacher, if, if we're having, if we need to make a phone call, it's sometimes really hard if you're in class. And I was like, I get it. You know, we're all, you know, struggling to manage everything at the moment. So she picks up the phone and starts going, hi. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's basically, I've just got this really bad hip at the moment. Anyway, what I then realize is she's having her own GP telephone appointment with me sitting there next to her in the room. (laughs) And she's going, you know, I can hear the doctor going, okay, you know, and have you tried? She's like, yeah, yeah. So basically, well, it started about six months ago and she's really getting like into this. Into this oh, I thought she was going to leave the room. She did it in front of you. No, five minutes goes by and I'm still sitting there um, as, as she's having this appointment. She eventually, <laughs> being on the phone, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... And she's still having the GP appointment. And so she's, for anyone who might not have heard that, you're saying you're motioning to take your pants take down off. My pants. So she's she's having her telephone GP appointment, speaking to her doctor at the same time as miming for me to take my pants down, miming for me to lie on the bed and open my legs. I'm I'm so panicked, going oh okay. Obviously, I've never had a smear test before. Yeah. So she's she's. I mean, I'm on the bed, my pants are down. She's still on the, the telephone appointment to her GP as she gets the fucking speculum out and starts, you know, like like gelling it up while what? still being on her telephone appointment. She then sees my face. Clearly, I'm literally just like, what the fuck, what is, the going fuck is going on? Yeah. She suddenly stops and goes, oh my, is this your first smear? And I was like, yes. And she was like, check my fucking age, babes. Obviously, it's my first smear. Honestly. And she was like, oh my God. I'm... And then she looks so apologetic because she realizes that, you know, this is my first smear. And she's yeah. been on the phone to someone else while just miming for me. I didn't, you know, she hasn't talked me through anything. I don't know what, I don't know how a smear even works. Yeah, yeah. And then she looked really apologetic and, and was like, uh, <laughs> she, she like quite promptly finished her phone call. Um, and 
And then anyway, to cut a long story short, I mean, this is the most frustrating thing. No one had told me that if you were, if you had started your, if, if there were, you weren't like seven days after having finished your period. Oh, you have to be in between cycles. So yeah. After all of this. And the, you know, the speculum basically being like half in, she was like, Oh, I'm really sorry. I can't do it. So I had to go back two weeks later. Fuck. Oh, it was literally, I mean, just what like it, stress. I kept on just thinking like, this surely is not how this is. I felt like I was like losing my virginity for the first time, yeah. but it was happening in like a really horrible way. Oh God, that is so traumatizing. I always find it really interesting. You know how there are so many people or men, I should say, who are like, the coronavirus test is the most invasive one I've ever had. I'm like, boo, wait till you get your fucking smear. Honestly, <laughs> honestly you've obviously never inserted a tampon. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Uh, the other massive bit of news I think I'm hoping has been on everyone's radar this year is, of course. It is High School Musical's 15th birthday. Can you believe that? I find that scary in itself. That makes us, yeah, that makes me feel really, really old. What, like, what? Where did that time go? And I what? saw something earlier that was saying like how, you know, so many people, when you think of Zac Efron, that, you know, they'll be like, oh, he's in The Greatest Showman and he's in like whatever that terrible remake they made was on set on the beach. What's the... um? Baywatch, Baywatch, yeah. Baywatch, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but no, I mean, literally Troy Bolton was the oh, birth of Zac he Efron. He will always be Troy Bolton to me. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, can you believe that High School Musical is a billion dollar franchise? I don't know why, but that still shocked me. I was like, obviously yeah. it was like a huge phenomenon, but billion. But it really, billion. I, it, I mean, to, to the fact that it managed to start as, you know, like a Disney Channel movie TV and then movie. went to be a cinema, you know. So I've got, I've got a couple of fun facts for you, Eddie. I've done my research. Oh Just you wait. So get this. This, the sequel of Disney of the Disney Channel, the sequel of High School Musical, had seventeen point two million viewers. I think that's pretty mad. And the uh, third movie, High School Musical Three: Senior Year, uh, which was obviously released in theaters, I'm pretty sure we all watched it in the cinema, generated more than two hundred and fifty million. That is mad. But then, do you know what I? Do you know one of the things I also found so mad about it was that. You know, you get so used to first films being great and then as as the sequels go on, they get worse and worse. High School Musical was one of the ones where... Level upon level. Better. Oh, like, my God. I think the, the third senior year was, in my opinion, the best one. Pinnacle. Oh, of course. To the point, though, where senior year, they obviously... Disney just chucked them unbelievable budgets where you were like they oh actually God. didn't even know what to do with that money at one yeah. point they had an inception rotating thing like a, a literally a rotating chamber where Zac Efron was just like falling through the I was like what is going on here but equally I love it I mean it was it was huge yeah I, I do think that um also like the choreography like every the every choreography just stepping it up every time honestly um do you know the one that really stands out for me which I think is maybe a bit of a rogue one but for choreography I think it really stands out is um boys are back in the junkyard interesting I, mean, I never would have said that 
And I do like I've I I recall watching it and saying to the person next to me, "Oh my god, they're so talented." I I recall the exact words I said. Honestly, and I said it about four times, and Rachel was like, "Yeah, okay, I get it." I was just like, "They're just so talented." Like the synchronicity. Is that the word? Is that the word? Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Of of them during the doom. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, like the syncopated movements. But for me, it was um, I don't dance because oh, but I mean, because yeah, I that is swing stuff, and it's like yeah. unbelievable. Oh, wait. I don't. I thought you were talking about um, I just heard. Sorry. Oh no, no, no! I'm talking about what, the Adele dance. I know. Yeah. You no, oh, I do dance. not. That is not my favorite. The choreography, though, Ellie. Look at, back at that because the choreography yeah. of that is actually sick. They're literally in like a baseball thing, and they're doing like. Don't you remember it? And it's all like swing dance. Kind yeah, of. no, I did. Yeah, really. no, actually, no. Fair enough for choreography for production. People are doing like backflips. I mean, yeah. they're like dancing with a what that baton? Not a baton. <laughs> A baseball bat, a baton. A baton. <laughs> Felt like a baton. They're like dancing with a baseball bat. They're like, I mean, it's but you crazy. have to admit, musically, that song is definitely not. It's not my favorite. Oh god, it's not my favorite, but by a long way. But um, oh my god, yeah. What would you say is your okay? We'll go. We'll go movie by movie. Best song of High School Musical one. Go. See, it's hard because obviously breaking. <laughs> I love free, them all. Like, because Breaking, Breaking Free, Free is quite iconic, yeah. It, it is iconic. Yeah. I definitely prefer Breaking Free to We're All In This Together. Interesting. Speaking of We're All In This Together, another fun fact for you, that's not the original name of the song. So um, I'll just I'll just quote a little bit from this. So they said they knew they had to end up with a bang. The team came up with a feel-good number called Everyone's A Winner. To what? Everyone's a winner. Yeah, can you imagine that? Yeah, I can kind and of see that. And they were like, love the song, but I hate the hook. We need to come up with something that feels less cheesy. And as a result, they rewrote the title to We're All We're All in This Together. Fair enough. Fair enough. Interesting, right? I would um I think I would agree with you. I think yeah. Breaking Free is the best one. Worst song is obviously the one that Vanessa does. The um I thought you were my fairy tale. <laughs> Fuck that. I literally, I fast forward that every time. I'm like, Vanessa, I don't want to see you mope around the high school. Like, I'm done. Yeah. And she just does. She's just constantly going like. Yeah. <laughs> just walking. The whole walking. time. It's like, oh God, Vanessa, get over yourself. See, I think number two in terms of. Has so many good songs. I so think. many good songs. Let's be honest. The storyline is pretty pants. Yeah. 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 But song wise, I mean, every day is an absolute. Oh. Every day is amazing. Um, Holly and I always laugh because you know at the end of every day it gets like a bit soulful where it's like whoa every day. Yeah, and I love the Zac Efron goes nah nah <laughs> nah. <laughs> yes, so like that's as soulful as you were gonna get, Zac Efron. And I oh. love that. You get <laughs> it's like come on, Zac, give me some song. He goes nah nah every day. It's like what is going on? But I love it. That is and good. I the love, song that's um, in the kitchen. What's the song oh, in the kitchen? Oh, um, we with, with the... Work, do, 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 do. What is that one, yeah. Oh, so good. We've got to work, work, work this out. I personally oh, I love, love um, I love... Oh, what's the one that they do with Kelsey on the piano? And it's him and just Vanessa. And it's, oh my God, why can't I think of it? 
Oh, um, when it's like, na, na, dude, no, you are the music in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know the words once upon a time. And, then, and then doesn't, um, Sharpay does it like, oh, like it's my song. favorite song, yeah, no, where I long cause you don't want to know. It's living in a little because you are. Uh, Roger song, me, 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 me. which goes out to some serious High School Musical 2 fans, is only on the deleted scenes. <laughs> you were the only one who got into that song. Literally, I remember we used to watch it on the deleted scenes. I loved, I loved like, the deleted scenes. Are you kidding me? Oh my God, amazing. That's another one where you're like, they had a bit of like extra budget. They were like, let's just put this really random Hawaiian song in and see yeah. if it sticks. And then afterwards they were like, it doesn't. And it makes no sense with the storyline. But yeah. Do you know what song we haven't talked about in number two? Gotta go my own way. Oh, I was about to say that song really still resonates with me on a probably a daily basis. Gotta say what's on my mind. Yeah, that was such, such a good one. And also just real good for singing in a duet. Yeah. Such a good one. Someone can really take powerful on both sides. Like you can really both shine in that because it's like, yeah, yeah. what about us? And yeah. Like, what about trust? Yeah. So good. so good. Oh my God. It's, it's actually, a- yeah. I mean, two, you could call it a musical marvel. It- <laughs> You could, you should. Uh, third, se- the third one, the third season, the third film. What is your favorite song? Uh, I see. I find that question so hard to answer. They're all so good. I think three is is the storyline, the production, the choreography, the songs. For me, it had it all. Mic drop. It it was amazing. It had it all. It actually did have it all. I think. I quite like the final song because it was like a mashup of all the different songs. Yeah, I honestly got teary when they're like, all together, friends yeah. forever, memories that'll last forever. And they like do the whole thing and like the yeah. curtains close and you're literally there. Like, I, on, well, we, I think we watched it in the cinema together. Yeah, we did. We did. I remember, I remember rushing. Like, genuinely like tears in my eyes with them looking, because there's a bit as well. They do like a reprise, a reprise. Yeah, they all look at each other like. And they look at each other. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, we made it. We graduated. Yeah. I remember one of the biggest sources of um, sadness for me was when you bought the High School Musical 3 soundtrack on iTunes, it didn't, or when you tried to listen to it, it didn't come with the finale song. What the fuck? Which I thought was just like, I mean, if I want to experience a full mashup montage of all of the brilliance of that film, I like your taking that away from oh god me. that's not fair yeah. um i also really loved sorry um it's gonna be a night oh and again choreog- choreography, choreography. Yeah. so good yeah that one was really good i really enjoyed the one that i found really funny is i want it all because of um you know the bit where they're like ah, i want it ah. And you just hear um, Ryan being like, ooh, I want it, I need it, I got it. And you're like, that, you... <laughs> that song really shows off the um, the uh, the production side and the money they threw at that film because oh that production... God. We've got sets changing, we've got costume changes. I mean... The lights, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. They, they went to town. It's a spectacle. It's always Vanessa's songs because in that one as well, it's like that walk away song. You're just like, oh, Vanessa, well, yeah, so yeah, yeah, done with you being so annoying. But and know. let's be honest, I mean, she's just you know, you now watch the Princess Switch and you're just like, 
Oh, oh. Do do we watch the princess? <laughs> well, some of us during the very dark times of the Christmas build up. There's actually a pin- princess switch three coming, FYI. If you they are, are they are so horrendously awful. Maybe the biggest trilogy of our time is the pin. I can't say it. Princess switch, princess switch. <laughs> it's honestly, it's pitiful. It's it's quite yeah, yeah. It's pitiful to watch. She does a really bad British accent, doesn't she? She's like, oh my goodness, I'm a twin or something the, like that. The weather today is quite delightful. <laughs> it's like God, imagine if that's how we all spoke. Oh my god. Um, shall I just tell you a couple of fun high school musical facts to round yeah. us off? Because they walk are amazing. away to round it up, please. To walk away. So next fun fact is after narrowing down the such in an epic 12-hour marathon callback day. Um, Efron and Hudgens were paired for a final callback. The casting directors knew that they had undeniable chemistry and would make an ideal on-screen duo. The only issue? Hudgens had puppy eyes for the soon-to-be leading man and was too nervous to act opposite the shaggy-haired Efron. Can you imagine? She said, "Um, he's too cute. I can't read with him. And I mean, they did end up going out. They did end up together. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's probably quite an ideal way <laughs> to wrap up. <laughs> seems like a natural episode. end. That seems like a natural ending, I think, um, for our first episode of the series. Ellie, it's been amazing, and I'll we'll be chatting to each other pretty soon. We will. Thank you so much. I've had so much fun. Catch you on the flip side, guys. I feel like maybe we should play this out with a with a um, high school musical song. Oh, we absolutely should. Which one would you like to go for? I feel like we want the final song of can we have the final song of the final movie yeah we freaking can hold on on. (laughs) looking forward from center stage to graduation day 